This is 10 Questions to Cyber Resilience, brought to you by Assurance IT. Released twice per month, every episode brings you one step closer to cyber resilience by hearing how IT leaders are practicing cybersecurity. Resources mentioned in the episode can be found in the show notes. If you're ready to take your cyber resilience to the next level, be sure to subscribe so you can catch every episode. All right. Thanks again for joining into the podcast, everyone. This morning, I've got Tom Molden from Tanium with us today. Excited about this podcast because I'm calling it the manufacturing podcast. And we've seen a lot of cyber attacks recently hitting some manufacturing companies. And I want to bring Tom on to make sure that we can talk about how these enterprises can better protect themselves. Why are they large targets right now and what we can do to better protect the enterprise overall. So before we get started, Tom, I want you to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and how you're helping enterprises protect themselves today. Yeah, thank you, Luigi. I appreciate you inviting me to be here. So Tom Molden is my name. I work for Tanium. I'm a CIO in the field, part of an executive engagement team. And I interact with our largest clients from the perspective of how to help them drive transformational change in their IT technologies. And uh, my background is as a practitioner in IT. I've been an IT executive for many years in high tech and automotive and bring a great deal of experience in terms of how do you think about broadly the challenge of addressing manufacturing security. So looking forward to the conversation. Fantastic. And it really is an informal conversation. So it may go in different directions. And really the goal is just to get as much as I can from that deep knowledge set that you have. Before we get started, Tom, there's a few questions obviously I have, but I'd like you to give us a quick overview or your definition of the difference between IT and OT. We hear this OT thing come up very often, this operational technology. So in your own words, in your experience, of course, can you maybe just describe the differences and how it's emerged as a potential vulnerability inside the organization? Yeah, certainly. And I'll caveat it by saying, I think if you talk to a lot of different folks around the manufacturing world, you're going to get different definitions, right? So mine is not the correct one per se. But if you think about the world of technology and you think about how it's grown up over the past several decades, very much focused on corporate systems, on sort of enterprise business functions. And manufacturing has always been a very separate entity, not connected to and grown up separately from IT. In fact, technology in manufacturing has been around for, you might say, longer than information technology. And uh, words like factory automation have existed for a long time, right? We talk about industrial control systems. We talk about SCADA model and things like this and Purdue model. And so there's a whole world that exists that's grown up separately from IT, which is the manufacturing technology space, right? You don't have a T person, you have a manufacturing engineering person, and it's more of an engineering function than it is an IT function, right? And I think what's happened in the course of time is the two worlds are obviously converging, as we all know, but it's also the scales have tipped a little bit, right? I think the recognition that the disciplines and practices that we've developed in IT are valuable and useful in the manufacturing space, I think is what's driving that. If you think about a definition for OT, I would refer to it as manufacturing technology. You've got a whole bunch of components that run in a factory, different types of devices, typically or historically very much segmented by network layer and with different types of technology running. You've got a bunch of technology in there that's kind of IT-like in nature. It's running on standard operating systems and it's performing functions similar to what we do in the corporate side. And you've got a whole bunch of technology that isn't. It runs on proprietary systems. It runs on real-time operating systems. It performs more physical work than it does information work. So there's a different world over there. 
And what makes it really difficult to protect is the fact that world has historically been disconnected from the rest of the world. And over the course of the last several years, it's not anymore. It's connected. Industry 4.0 or IoT or whichever you choose to talk about, the factories are now connected. People are able to get into the factory via network from the internet and vice versa. That's changed everything, right? You no longer can have a factory with a, a moat around it per se. And it's a bad thing in the sense that, oh, it's created risk and issues. But at the same time, it's a good thing. It's forcing all large manufacturing enterprises to look at how do I manage end-to-end across the IT and the manufacturing technology domains. And that's inevitably going to drive operating efficiencies. If you think about a stereotypical kind of older, mature manufacturing company that has many plants around the world, each of those plants is typically managed independently. Its own fiefdom with its own leadership, its own technology support, et cetera. If there's any kind of global standardized approach to managing, it's probably more on the industrial control system side. But even there, I think it's challenging. And so what's happening in the industry is we're seeing through this convergence, I think, an opportunity to drive a lot of operating efficiency and sharing of best practices and collaboration from these two historically independent camps. Okay, that's fantastic. And obviously, Tom, you've done this before. So your definition is, in my opinion, on point. And I appreciate all those details because I think it's important that the audience understands that, like you said, the operational efficiency, the automation is we're trying to drive all these companies to. But again, the risk because of the IT convergence is obviously evident and is present right now. We see this Obviously, manufacturing, we also see it in other enterprises. And we talk about utilities and telcos and so on, who obviously have a lot of resemblance to some of those technologies that sit in the manufacturers. You've answered my first question, but I really want to dive deep into this one. So manufacturers are a very important component of our ecosystem. Why have they become easy targets for cyber attacks? Is it because of what you mentioned, the legacy type software? Is it because lack of skill set? Why have they become this huge attack surface and why are bad actors going after manufacturing? I think to answer the second part of that question, it's quite easy because you could cripple somebody quite easily by shutting down their production. If you want to hold someone ransom and some cash out of them, that's probably the easiest way to do it. You shut down my HR system or my billing system, eh, billing system, maybe a little more sketchy. Maybe I can live without that. But if you shut down my ability to produce or even worse yet, let's just say you get into my manufacturing environment and you create some kind of an unseen impact. We always used to talk about what if you could get a hold of a welding robot in a car plant and impact the precision with which welds are being made. What's the implication of that? And so it's like a bank that's open with no one guarding the money kind of thing. And then, like I said before, The historical approach to this has always been just build a moat around the plant. Nobody comes in. Security, network segmentation, no connection to the outside world. And that's all changed. The flood of network connected devices and internet connected devices that are making their way into the manufacturing world in order to, I'll say, gain productivity has changed the game. So you can no longer do it. And in a way... And this might be controversial to say the whole manufacturing sector got caught with its pants down a little. It's not like there's some brilliant geniuses out there that figured out how to crack the secret code. It was pretty easy to get in when people started going into factories. And good news is that people have figured it out. And there's a ton of really great work going on right now to change the way defenses, prevention, and response are are being managed in these factory environments. Would it be fair to say that prior to the IT convergence with OT, security was probably not top of mind when they were developing these these systems? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Security would have been more physical security. Nobody gets in. You walk into a plant and the password to the industrial control system that's making whatever it's making is on a yellow sticky next to it. right? And you're trusting that nobody gets in there. And then heavy reliance on network segmentation, separation, cut things off from one another and create layers. But as I think most of us know, that world has changed. It has changed tremendously. It's changing and it's evolving every day. So that brings me to my next question point. You've obviously seen a lot of different manufacturers. You've obviously been entrenched with this for a while here. In 2023, in your opinion, based on what you know, what are like three things that manufacturers need to do to better protect themselves? Is it just better visibility, asset management, patching, having a better incident I think response the, plan? The first one has nothing to do with technology, to be honest with you. I think in my experience, or at least my viewpoint, you have to begin by building a bridge collaborative bridge between the IT world and the manufacturing engineering world. And I'm speaking about people here, functional management, because there's a historical divide there. And I think you can go listen to stories upon stories about some of the things that have gone on in between those two spaces. This has to come top down, right? You have to have a very clear goal and a plan and execute it to build this collaboration, real collaboration between these two groups. Because if you look at the skill sets and the technology and the years and years of knowledge that's been built up in the manufacturing and engineering space, hard to find that in the IT space. As companies have found out time and time again, you can't just take IT practices and copy paste them into manufacturing. It doesn't work. So you create this yeah, get out of my space type of culture. And you got to break that down and you have to build this collaborative bridge. So I would say, first and foremost, it's a cultural thing. And when you start thinking about the technology, and I think most people would agree, the very first thing you have to do is figure out how to get visibility to everything you have. It all starts with visibility. Most people would say, if they're honest with their hand on their heart, they don't have good inventory of their technology assets and plants. And if they do have it, it's outdated. Do they feel really confident that it's complete and exhaustive? Probably not. And do they need to rely on various different people to provide inputs to that? I think that's the very first thing. And like I said, there are tools and technologies and services emerging, getting better and better at that. There are companies that provide great visibility into what's going on in the lower tiers of your OT environment in these industrial control devices. And they're listening to traffic on the network. They're able to identify devices that way. And they're able to also apply threat intelligence to that and then help determine where you've got vulnerabilities that need to be addressed. This is something that was for years and years, just never done, never done at all. Factories have, I'm taking a generic factory here, hundreds and thousands of devices in them that have been not really paid much attention to from a security perspective. And collecting and transporting data back and forth and really never thought about it for a second. And then at the same time, you've got all these other assets that are sitting in your factory that are the sort of the more IT-like devices. And those are equally neglected over time, undermanaged, I'll call it. So you have to start with getting visibility. Whichever tools, whichever partners you work with want to know what you've got. And then of course, what state it's in, <laughs> what right. it's doing, who's talking to it, and all those types of things. And you really do need a mod technology approach to doing that. You won't get there by having people run around with spreadsheets and count things, yeah. which is... Yeah. Yeah. Those days are gone. It still happens in some places. Yeah, it still happens. But yeah, we've realized that there's not enough people, not enough spreadsheets to keep you safe. The third thing that I would say is you have to start looking at bringing uh, a hygiene culture into those manufacturing plants. It kind of, 
flies in the face a little bit of what's the culture that's been around for a long time, which is aside from like safety first, meaning safety is paramount in every factory. Also, like right behind that is don't ever let any tool stop running. It's it, you've right. got to go all the time. Don't ever right. shut anything down. Don't interfere with it. And of course, that sort of flies in the face a little bit of hygiene where you need to stop and look at something or scan it or patch it or something like that. And so I think this is an area where the manufacturing world can benefit from the, the disciplines and experience and scar tissue that the IT world has developed over the years. This notion of I'm going to keep my environment clean. I'm going to patch. I'm going to keep a high level of hygiene. I'm going to really pay attention to that because I know that has benefits, not just from a security perspective, but from an operational efficiency. Operational efficiency, right? exactly. There's a huge yeah. component there as well. I think the more progressive companies, they've built that bridge, like I talked about earlier, and they're starting to look at how do I extend those IT best practices around hygiene into the manufacturing space? I probably can't go all the way in there. I probably need to find someone to partner with that's a industrial control specialist. But like I say, the most progressive environments, those partnerships are happening, right? Interesting. So you mentioned hygiene, and you may or may not know this answer, but we often hear about international standards organization like ISO coming into manufacturing and implementing a whole bunch of standards. Do you know of any standards that kind of converge ITOT that you can mention? Is there uh, anyone that exists? Know, I'll probably butcher it if I try to remember the actual numbers, but there are a number of standards for controls that exist in the manufacturing environment. They've been around forever. It's not like right. they're new and just arrived. The manufacturing discipline has for many years been very much focused on regulatory compliance and compliance in general or controls. And if you think about it historically, it starts more from a safety perspective. That's always been paramount and still is paramount in any factory environment. So yeah, you do have increasingly controls that are being built in that are technology related. I'm not going to remember the name, but ISA, something is a standard that everyone would agree with. And then I'll tell you on top of that, you increasingly now have regulatory pressure on companies that are building connected products. Automotive is a great example. Connected vehicles driving around the world in the next generation, very much more fully under the control of the manufacturer or the driver. The regulatory pressure to ensure that you have controls built across the entire value chain. That starts with product development. It goes into manufacturing. And then if you think about a future vehicle that's going to drive and be updated over the air and connected for 20 years or 30 years for those 20 to 30 years. So there are new control frameworks. I think in particular, this UNR 155, 156 are big ones that everyone talks about and that most of the large automotive guys are trying to get compliant with. And that's an automotive example. So they're looking across the technology domains. That's what you're starting to see emerge now is cross-domain regulatory, which makes that, a lot of sense. That's, that's encouraging. It. it makes a lot of sense and it's very encouraging because we need to speed that up a little bit because I think there has been a lot of legacy that we need to go and catch up with. And I, I know those are not all easy acronyms and numbers to remember. Uh, maybe we can share them. Uh, Probably the pull up a slide and yeah. find it for you. <laughs> all right. I appreciate that, Tom. So you mentioned people process, obviously the technology that gets brought into the hygiene, visibility, make sure that you're keeping up to date with whatever patches or whatever software that needs to be updated, obviously, because you don't have any vulnerabilities. In the case of the lower tier devices, you're talking about firmware, right? Firmware. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. So obviously the convergence of OT and IT has, it's obviously quickly changing, but it's also quickly changing in how we need to protect ourselves from cyber attacks. Anything you off the top of your head would recommend on how to reduce cyber attacks for a manufacturer? If you're talking to a manufacturer for the first time, what would be the top 
couple of things that you would say to be aware from a cyber attack perspective? It's going to mirror the previous answer. It's going to have to start with a function organizationally. Okay. If you don't have an organizational or functional focus on industrial control security or manufacturing security, then you should. And you must have a collaboration between that component, which will have some manufacturing engineering skill sets in it, and the IT or information security component, right? The two have to work together. Do you see a, a skill set gap from that perspective, like you mentioned it, it, earlier? It's not so much a gap. It's just they're different skill sets. It's, different it's, skill sets, okay. Think about two different programming languages. They can understand each other. They're all great technologists. It's just that one's focusing on one thing and another one's focusing on another. There's differences. If you're running devices in an industrial control environment on a real-time operating system with a ton of proprietary technology. And these are devices that you don't manage like an IT, right? It's a whole different world. Some of those things, to be honest with you, have been running in these factories for 20, 30 years. Unupdated, untouched. It's I mean, scary to think about that though. <laughs> and actually encouraging because they've run for so long without having any... What's the primary goal in manufacturing? Output and efficient output. That's the whole point of it. If you have a machine that's doing a job and it performs that job, it doesn't need to do anything else repetitively for years and years. Think about a metal stamping machine or something like that. You purchased that machine 30 years ago. It's been depreciated for 20 years. It's costing you effectively nothing. Why would you remove that out of your environment? <laughs> and it presents a challenge because that machine's probably vulnerable and presents a pretty media attack surface. So there's a trade-off there. In your opinion, from your vantage point, are the technologies today taking more into consideration the OT technology, especially when you talk about critical infrastructure and manufacturing? Are there purpose-built softwares out there or, or do we have to rely yeah, on- There are, the yeah. I would say that the solution space is rapidly evolving. I would say knowledge and the expertise and the threat intel, I think, is the most rapidly evolving. The technology is catching up, I would say. The technology challenge in that space is it's hard to manage- these assets because they haven't been developed over the years to be managed like an IT asset, like your laptop or a server. I would say the people who are building these devices and who are selling and servicing these devices, that's another kind of stakeholder in this environment, they're evolving as well. So the designs of these devices to become more manageable is changing. There's great new technology and great companies out there that are providing great threat intel, great analytics of traffic in those environments and helping companies protect themselves. Now, if you ask me for my viewpoint, that's great. Ultimately, the end game in this convergence of IT and OT is really more on more about the operational efficiency. As I mentioned in the lead-in here, I think there's a huge opportunity globally for manufacturers to become more efficient, to drive uh, waste, as they say, out of the value chain. That's the part I get the most excited about. And I think that the cyber hygiene or cyber resilience, as people call it, comes as a natural byproduct of that. And the world's catching up. Those that are progressive and moving into this sort of faster, you're going to get attacked less. So they're going to be attacked less successfully. And it'll continue to, to improve, I think. You'll always have this balance between the defenders and the attackers. But I think we're catching up. Let's put it that way. That's how I would look at it. Awesome. I do have one last question, and, and this was just the spur of the moment as we're talking. You've mentioned operational efficiency very often. You've obviously mentioned gains in the value chain from your viewpoint. What are you seeing when it comes to AI being incorporated into the manufacturing space? Tough question. Yeah, I've been asked that question a couple of <laughs> times. Does it concern you? 
Are you excited about it? Because you obviously mentioned being excited about the efficiencies. I'm not sure I think about it that much, to be honest. With you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think there's probably people that are way more qualified than I am to address that. I don't personally know about the applications, the killer apps, let's say. If you think about other applications where we're seeing AI and ML change the world in other sectors and other areas, I think a lot of people know about those in the manufacturing space. Obviously, there's people doing stuff there, and obviously, there's going to be use cases and there's going to be advantages taken. I'm just not really super familiar. In the manufacturing sector, I think that there's a big opportunity globally, regardless of whether you're manufacturing or you're in some kind of industrial controls environment or on energy or whatever it might be. I think there's an opportunity to drive some big productivity improvements through managing your technology estate across domains, the IT and OT. And if you could add product technology in there too, it'd be a different discussion. But to have separate domains is inherently inefficient. I think that companies that are progressively looking at how to manage end-to-end -end across, how to take what I'm doing in IT, what I'm doing in OT, and how to make that one end-to-end -end ecosystem that I'm managing, they're going to realize massive productivity gains, and they're going to realize a competitive advantage in the market because of that. So to me, that's the primary thought. If I'm a manufacturer, how do I build more efficiency out of my manufacturing investments via some artificial intelligence? I'm sure there's ways. It's not a thing that I think about a lot. Yeah, I don't know if we've really harnessed that, like you mentioned. I don't think we're at with that point. Yeah, great topic I, for an, another podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think what interests me, and we'll, we'll end with this, but what interests me is being able to harness all the telemetry and all that data then drive that through your operational efficiencies, right? We're not there yet. I think, as you mentioned, we need to get visibility. We need to make sure that we've got one domain managing I mean, your think entire... If you think about a device that's sitting somewhere in a factory doing one thing repetitively over again, year after year, and there's a control system, some kind of a PLC, and then there's some right. kind of a human machine interface layer above that. At some point, the data is coming from that device that's banging away doing its thing, whether it's a sensor or actuator, whatever it is. There's a preventative maintenance question that's always out there. And I think that would be one area that I think would probably be interesting. I'm just not familiar with the others. Yeah. So like I said, I just threw it out that, there. That can come and talk about <laughs> it. I'll watch the podcast. For yeah, I know. It'll be good. It'll be good. Look, Tom, I've taken a lot of your time today. It was very enlightening. You've shared a lot of your knowledge with us. Appreciate everything you've told us today. I think it's really important. Just to reiterate some top three things here is make sure you've got a great visibility on your infrastructure. Make sure your people, of course, and your processes are aligned to make sure that you can be more operationally efficient and make sure you stay up to date with all your softwares and your firmwares and so on. Before I go, Tom, do you want to have any parting words? Do you have any questions for me? No, I really appreciate the opportunity to come talk to you guys and to all those that are out there trying to figure out how to solve the big question about manufacturing, IT convergence. Good luck. And if anyone ever wants to talk to me about it, I'm happy to. Yeah. Tom's your man yeah, when it comes to operational efficiency in manufacturing. Tom, thank you very much. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to 10 Questions to Cyber Resilience, brought to you by Assurance IT. Assurance IT is in the cybersecurity space, specializing in data protection and compliance. Since 2011, they primarily help mid-sized enterprises in Canada. If you have questions about protecting your data, reach out to us directly at info at assuranceit.ca or visit assuranceit.ca.